Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. That's perfect. Oh, because I skipped ahead to Wednesday. Here we go. Uh, ready when you are, buddy. Yep, I got the open. You're good. All right, chime time. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's time now for the BitQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. All right, seconds before we're about to start this podcast, Chris Scheim said he has the bet of the century for sure Red Sox do. and Rays tonight. So we'll, we will get to that bet of the century coming up. What a tease. Here in a minute. That's a big market tease for a podcast. People can skip ahead. Literally, there's no teasing at all. They can hit that 30-second <laughs> button. So good job by me. Uh, this, of course, the BetQL Boston podcast. Mike Manansky and Chris Scheim with you on a beautiful Tuesday morning across New England. Unless you are a caller named TC who was eviscerated by uh, Shime going after him today on the Greg Hill Show. I, uh, I literally, when you uh, hopped on the access here, I was like, I was sti- my heart rate was still up. I'm drinking water. I'm just trying to cool down a little bit because these people out here trying to, to, to besmirch the name of Lamar Jackson like he isn't a top 10 quarterback in the NFL to me is asinine, ridiculous, and just purely idiotic. Uh, in my opinion, I I am I know I understand I'm the biggest Lamar Jackson guy probably in the state of Massachusetts and the biggest Mac Jones hater probably in the state of Massachusetts. That's fair. So I I recognize both of those things, but the people that tell me like Greg and Courtney that they want Mac Jones over Lamar Jackson is is just patently stupid. Is this tied into some sort of top 10 list or something? Yeah, yeah. So the ESPN released their top 10 list uh, of quarterbacks, which Lamar Jackson was left off of. And I said he should be on that list over like three different guys in the top 10. Uh, And he wasn't. And so then it evolved into a conversation about Lamar Jackson and nobody understands the greatness of Lamar Jackson at all. Okay, I need to follow up on this. I think Lamar Jackson's like right in that fringe top 10. I've not seen the entire list. Maybe something yep. we can debate later on in the week. I don't want to address without looking at it. However, Mac Jones was not on that list, correct? Correct. No, he wasn't okay. even in the honorable okay. mentions. Like okay. Lamar's in the honorable mentions. Mac Jones isn't even in the top 15. Like what are like that's that and that's that's what ultimately I think oh, the conversation Oh, 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 oh let me let me jump in again here, Chris Scheim. Are are you suggesting there are people that are paid money to talk about sports on our station who think that Mac Jones is a top 10 quarterback? Uh, top 15, top 10 quarterback, yes. Okay. Did, people, you know, did someone actually say out loud today, because I'd like to do an entire show on it uh, tonight, did someone actually say on our radio station that Mac Jones is a top 10 quarterback? I don't think Greg said quite that. I think, I, I think he said uh, he wants to wait and see this year, and then he may have him in the top 10. Okay, well, the list does not say wait and see. It's right now. Mac Jones is not a top 10 quarterback right now. If you're a Patriots fan listening right now, if this triggers you, that's on you, not on me. You're mad Tom Brady's not here. You want your quarterback to be great. He's not great yet. 
He is good. Peter Schrager is calling him a Dark Horse MVP candidate. The Patriots are allegedly whispering how great the guy is. He is not a top 10 quarterback right now. Maybe he'll prove that this year, but he would have to have a really good year to crack the top 10, in my mind, in the NFL. Yeah, for everyone listening, I just want to point out that was Mike Manansky that said that, not Chris Scheim, known Mac Jones hater, so I am not the only one, just saying. See, now you're going to make me look up this list. It's going to be supposed to be a nice, quick podcast. I mean, the list is look it's up nothing, stupid list. It's nothing ridiculous. I think Matt Stafford's a little high. He's at five. Uh, Wilson's at uh, eight. I think Deshaun Watson is on the list, even though he didn't play football last year and, and may not even play football this year. He's at nine. Uh, and then I think it rounds out with Dak Prescott. And it's the normal. It's the usual suspects towards the top. Like, I get it. But Matt Stafford is, is too high. He should not be higher than Lamar. Neither should Russ. Neither should Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Watson making the top 10 is kind of wild. It's stupid. I'm looking at it. Okay, so ESPN is doing it position by position. Yep. You know, because They've I been a, doing it all off season. They're doing and, a bunch of positional breakdowns. If I was doing four-hour shows, I'd be hammering this list. There's no doubt about that. So I, I hear why you guys are talking about it. Dak is right there. He's I mean, fringe. He's fringe top 10. Like, if you had him 12, I'm not going to argue with you. But if you had him 9, I also wouldn't argue with that. And I'm a guy who loves Dak Prescott. So if you put Lamar in, you would take out who? Desha- well, first of all, Deshaun shouldn't even be on the list, in my opinion. Um, you wonder, by the way, if that's something where um, they they it's worked out for them because it's good for it's good for traffic by yes, putting Watson on this list. It's exactly. good for traffic. I mean, this is a little sneaky note for people. This is what a lot of these websites are doing now. They're not actually what people think. It's what what can get aggregated so that you know. Nesson does. ESPN leaves Mac Jones out of top ten. Like this is the business now, and it's a shitty business, but it is. What uh, it, is. it is what it is. Yes, thank you, Bill Belichick. Uh, <laughs> but no, I would if even if even if Deshaun's on the list, I would bump him out of the top ten. I would move Russ down to nine. Dak at ten seems fine to me. I would put Lamar at. Uh, I would put Staff. I'd bump Stafford all the way down to eight and put Lamar at seven. Yeah, I'd have to really think. I mean, I I don't I wouldn't put Watson in here. To me, it's simple. Watson no, would yes, come out, exactly. and I'd put Lamar in. Like yep, it's it's one hundred percent agree. It's fair, but the list is not as interesting if you do that. So ESPN probably did the right thing because they get us to talk about it. Well, yeah, and then they talk about it on all their NFL shows. Oh, how is Lamar Jackson not in the top ten? It's done by a bunch of executives and scouts and former players and blah blah blah. Yeah, Ugh. I like Lamar Jackson. I do. Uh, I think there's a shelf life for him because uh, I agree with that. There, his athleticism is a part of his game. It's not his only part of his game. Like his playoff failures, unfortunately, dwarf. Not not dwarf. His playoff failures shine overshadow the numbers yeah. that point to him being a good pocket quarterback. And it, That's well, the issue. It's tough, That's too. So last year he was leading the league in outside the numbers passing, and yet everybody throws at me he can't throw the football, whereas the the actual, the literal stats tell you otherwise. Yeah. And then the his MVP season, oh, he's throwing a wide-open guys. He, he, he led the league in quarterback in rating in the pocket. Yes. And, and tight window passes in his MVP season. And so it's like... And then, and then, oh, he stinks in the playoffs. Well, in one playoff game, he literally threw for three hundred and sixty yards, and then ran for a buck forty, and they lost. Like I, I, I think a guy can only do so many things before it's not necessarily entirely his fault. Like, does he deserve some of the blame because he threw an interception and lost the fumble? Yeah, yeah. but it doesn't. But it's not. He is not the reason they have lost games. He also has won a playoff game. He went out, won an MVP. Lost his playoff game, came back the next season, wasn't an MVP, and then won a playoff game, and yet people still th- think it, like he just can't do it. Like I, it, it just it boggles my mind. Like I don't, I don't quite get it. I don't quite understand it. Um, and and it will continue to infuriate me and, and make me lose my mind. 
Uh, I respect that. So uh, if you did not hear uh, Shime go after a caller today on his show, Nine check it out on hour. demand. Nine o'clock hour, Greg Hill show, you yelling at TC the caller. Um, and admittedly, I heard the beginning of the call and then started talking to my son about golf and kind of went somewhere else on his way to golf Brutal. practice today. So that's on me. That's on me. I'll have to go back and listen on the Odyssey app. Uh, you said before the podcast today you have the bet of the century yep. as it relates to the Red Sox. The easiest I not- bet I'll ever make. I am not giving out a bet on the Red Sox tonight. I have no idea uh, what Chris Sale is going to show up. It is wildly interesting uh, to see him return for the first time in 264 days. Uh, he'll take the mound for the Boston Red Sox. So I cannot wait to see how he pitches. Has a huge impact on their future, everything else. But I have no idea what to expect. Corey Kluber is a veteran pitcher for the Rays who actually shut down the Red Sox uh, last time they played. As far as this game goes tonight, after a uh, tough loss last night, Brian Bayo did not pitch well. Bullpen did not pitch well. Red Sox lose the first of four in Tampa. Red Sox are minus one and a half on the run line at plus 140, Shime. Over-under is seven and a half, juiced a bit to the over at minus 115. Oh, excuse me, under at minus 115. Money line, Red Sox, minus 120. So they have them as a minus 120 favorite with Chris Sale making his first start in almost 275 days. Uh, you have a bet of the century? Yep. I would like to hear it. Yeah, uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, this bet will probably cash by the end of the second inning as well. Uh, and I'm shocked that they're giving me a plus number. But uh, Chris Sale, over one and a half walks in the game. Seems wow. like the, wow. the easiest bet I could possibly make. The guy just walked five people in AAA. Like, he just doesn't have – and it's not that he doesn't have good stuff because you saw some of his pitches, and it looked – there were moments where you saw classic Chris Sale, but the command just isn't there. That is not going to change in a week's time uh, because he is recovering from these injuries. So over one and a half lock, uh, walks for Chris Sale in this game at plus 105 feels like the easiest bet I could possibly make. I really, really like that bet, Chris. I, I think that's a smart bet. You may hear that later on tonight, a much big bet, depending on what happens. I may piggyback on that. Uh, his strikeout total is four and a half. It is minus 165. Uh, you can go under four and a half strikeouts at plus 125. They have not posted an outs recorded number for him. Uh, I'm not entirely. I mean, why wouldn't? Why are they work? Are they are they waiting till like pregame when Cora says like there's no limit to him pitching? I, I don't think. I mean, Heim they Bloom, basically if, said he's a green light. If the books were playing, paying any attention, Hein Bloom said on our show he's not on a pitch count. So yeah, and um, Alex Cora said it multiple times. I mean, I, I will say this: he's absolutely going to be on a pitch count. By the way, Hein Bloom absolutely lied to us, but he, uh, but you know, they're saying he isn't. So I don't understand why there's no prop recorded. Yeah, I mean, I'd say see, it's not going to be a crazy pit. Like you know, no, it's like ninety five pitches, the 90s. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I that 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 I can see. Uh, they everything except for the 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 outs recorded tonight. Yeah, it's kind of weird. For Chris Sale. Yeah, I guess they don't want to get burned by posting it and then having a core come out and say, hey, he's only going to throw three innings, I guess. But they, they've already said this. Yeah, this that's weird by DK. Maybe some other places have listed it. I have not looked because I'm not eligible on those websites. Maybe you are. Uh, but I have no idea what to expect from Chris Sale. He was wild in his last start, as Chris just said, uh, at AAA. He smashed a TV. They wanted to be healthy, and I will tell you that they are whispering to people around the team, people that uh, you know whisper to other people. They're whispering they're very excited about Chris Sale. They're whispering they think that he's full bore. The rib injury was the, a minor setback that took a little while to heal, but it's not going to be an issue long term, that the arm is not an issue, that the velocity is going to be there. I'm just I, – I, and I like Chris Sale. I, I've heard this thing too many times since 2018. Yep. I mean, 2018, arm trouble. 2020, Tommy John. 2000, end of 2021, arm fatigue and an 8 ERA. 
in October last year and did not look like anything like the Chris Sale we all know and love, who went 29-12 and 12 in his first you know, 41 uh, uh, not appearances, but 41 results for the Red Sox his first two years here. Then the rib injury, then whatever the personal thing was that sent him back another two weeks or a month. Like, I... I I am not going to buy into it. And so I like the way you're playing this thing, Shime. Uh, I was trying to look for a fun way to play it, but Corey Kluber has been good. I have no idea with Sale. And, and there's no, I mean, maybe a little bit of Yandy uh, Diaz, who has got a good career numbers. I think uh, uh, Yandy Diaz, Chris Shime. Okay, 6 for 12 lifetime against Chris Sale with a triple, three runs batted in, and a walk. He's a career 500 hitter. So if you're looking for a player prop against Chris Sale tonight, uh, would not would not completely uh, throw out Yandy Diaz. I'll pull up the batter props here, uh, courtesy of DK. Now you can bet him to get a hit tonight, and they're telling you that that is uh, minus two forty five over a hit. So that you don't want to play that. His total uh, bases though over one and a half at plus one twenty five. That's pretty nice. So- uh, again, it's in the mix right now for my Mutt's big bet, which is uh, back to a square five hundred on the year twenty three twenty three, which is sad, <laughs> sad, sad state of affairs. Uh, which is why I'm not even giving out a bet today on this podcast. But I like your bet quite a bit. Chris Sale can easily walk a couple guys yep. in the first inning, and it's plus 105. So uh, maybe some Yandy Diaz, maybe some J.D. Martinez. But I think Chris Sale gave – I mean, the Chris Scheim gave you the best prop on tonight's game. That, of course, is Chris Sale. We have a big uh, big op- uh, British Open preview tomorrow. We sure do. Are we confirmed with Ryan Hannibal? Yes, we are. Ryan Hannibal we will be on tomorrow. I'm excited to have him on. Uh, I, I actually have a, a British or Open Championship question that I would like to propose to you that we can then bring up to Hannibal tomorrow. So uh, I am very interested in betting Tiger Woods this weekend, as one probably is all around the world. Um, because it's just fun to watch Tiger, uh, especially at a course he loves. He said outright today in a press conference, this is his favorite course. Yeah, St. Andrews, yes, yeah, absolutely. he loves this place. Um, I'm mulling a top 40 finish for Tiger at minus 110. Is that overpriced? Uh, I think so. Uh, what's, what is his uh, make Ma- the cut, miss the cut? Number? Make the cut is minus 165 nah, uh, to a... miss the cut. Let me, I got to find. No, he's going to uh, make the cut. So, 120 to miss. I'm only asking because he's going to make the cut. Now, I don't think, I think the fatigue. So, so two things about Tiger was doing some uh, research. Uh, it came out this morning, came out. This is the first time since his comeback shine. He's going to have the PM AM split which means he has to play late on Thursday, early on Friday. So the fatigue factor, there's been some questions about, is this is this where the fatigue of the injury starts to settle in, right? Because when he's been come back so far, he's played in the morning on Thursday and then come back and played in the second shift on Friday. So I think fatigue could be an issue. I think for sure he's going to make the cut. He loves St. Andrews. The wind is not going to be crazy this week. And the experts that I've read, maybe Hannibal will confirm this or push back against it. We'll find out. But I've read multiple sharp people talking about golf betting and golf DFS that are all saying the same sort of thing. The scoring is going to be relatively easy this week. With the wind, the way it's going to play, par fours will be no more than a wedge in for a lot of players. And in a couple cases, they can drive the par fours here. Par fives are all reachable in two. All reachable in two. Wow. So that, to me, I would think that sets up easy for Tiger to make the cut. But then competing on the weekend, if all these guys are going to score – then Tiger's got to score to win. So then maybe so, maybe that means that you have to capitalize Tiger on the first couple of rounds. So like an end of round one top ten bet right now is six and a half to one. I don't hate he He's going to play his best on Thursday. Yeah, he's going like to play I his agree. best Thursday afternoon. Loves the course. Tuned up. He will not be healthier. 
if you're going to play Tiger Woods, I'm betting him in the first round on Thursday. Okay. That's for me. And and betting him to make the cut at minus 165 is not appealing. So I'm with you. Some sort of round one bet. I would probably even sprinkle in a little first round leader on Tiger just for a little magic. What's that number? What can you get on first Tiger First round Woods? leader is 65 to one. I, I mean, that's pizza money bet. You yeah, exactly. You bet, you're betting five bucks on that and you, you could come home with a lot of cash. Because that's going to be at his best. He loves the course. Wind is not going to be an issue. Again, this is Tuesday. Maybe it'll change by tomorrow. Uh, I would not be betting him to finish top 40, in my opinion. I'd be betting on him to do something in that first round. That's, by the way, six, that's a much better price than the minus 110. And I think yeah. it's – I won't say it's as likely. But, boy, if the fatigue sets in Saturday, Sunday, that that we saw – he had to withdraw, right? There were, a couple was a month ago he had to withdraw. Yep. Then he skipped the U.S. Open. So, Correct. if that happens again, you're done. You're not, so, I – I'm staying away from week long with Tiger. That's okay. my that's my long, long, long winning All right. answer. We'll get Hannibal's thoughts on, on it tomorrow as well for sure, because um, everybody wants to hear about Tiger. So yep. uh, we will definitely get Hannibal's thoughts on that as well tomorrow. Yep, uh, we'll get to weather, we'll get to the course, we'll get to it all with Brian and Hannibal tomorrow on a Wednesday edition uh, of this podcast. You can subscribe on the Odyssey app. You can check it out on iTunes. Check it out on Spotify. And where can people hear you yell at a caller today on the Greg Hill Show, Christian? Uh, you can go on the Odyssey app. You can use the Rewind feature there. Or uh, anywhere you get your podcast, you can subscribe to the Greg Hill Show. And those podcasts will end up right in your uh, inbox, just like our podcast will, if you subscribe to us. So just hit that subscribe button. It'll go right to your phone. You don't have to do anything. It's the beauty of subscribing. And it's free. You just click the button, make sure you're subscribed, and it'll end up in your phone every single day when we release a podcast. And a little bonus for those who are kind of paying attention to any of this stuff. Sometimes our podcasts end up on weird podcast feeds at the station, just yeah. randomly. Like, uh, oh, oddly. there's Kyrie Thompson on the Mud at Night feed. Oh, there's uh, Mutt and Shime on the Greg Hill Show. Like, just it's like it's it's magic shine. But some somehow, some way, our podcasts across the station end up on different show feeds for no reason whatsoever. It's just happening, and no one has an answer why. Okay, we'll be listening. <laughs> we'll be. Uh, I'll be doing uh, British Open research today. It's ninety degrees out, so I'm going to crank the AC. I'm going to sit here and do some research on the British Open. We'll be fully loaded. For Ryan Hannibal conversation tomorrow. Chris Sale over one and a half walks tonight. I'm going to piggyback on that play. Thank you, Chris. We'll talk tomorrow, buddy. Thank Can't you. Can't wait, buddy. I'm excited to talk about the Open, bud. Whee!